On this episode of Biblio Burrito, Tobias, Rachel, Dana, and Marquita discuss the old guard. The episode opens just as Tobias explains how unrealistic he felt some parts of the film were. Tobias said he didn't like the old guard, and there's three girls in here, and he a boy, so <laughs> we got to fight. <laughs> okay, so, first of all, number one, what do you have against women? <laughs> Thank you. Nate Rose and all, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, all right. Now, I, I, I wholeheartedly appreciate the enthusiasm and passion that comes with those words, which is why you're going to be very shocked at my reasoning as to why I do not agree with a portion of the movie. Now, okay. that portion of the movie that I disagree with is the role that um, the new member of the team uh, poised and faced, right? Okay, now what do I mean by that? All right, so I have members of my family that have served long tents and stints in military. They've served time in the Army, Air Force, and Navy. So mm -hmm. I'm speaking, I, I have cookouts with these people. I know how crazy they are. I know what their, their their capabilities are in terms of how fast they can hurt somebody and what kind of damage they can do. I did not see that from her. I'm repeating. I'm 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 gonna repeat that. I did not see that from her. As a leader of a team, which she was, she led she a was. team. She was to, to lead a team in the military. You don't just do that. That's not how that works. You work your way up to that position, and someone determines that that role is fit for you because you have shown that you have the prowess. That you have the skill set and more more important than anything you have the emotional stability and intellectual intelligence to be able to pull that off mm. right would you agree yeah okay yep. now, now in her role she did not exhibit that as much now what do i mean by that okay now when she met the leader of the team she you know they had this fight in the airplane i thought it was nice i appreciated it and I know that some would argue that as an old guard or the oldest guard uh, that we know of uh, right now, anyway, um, she would have a skill set that would that some would argue be unmatched. I disagree with that. I, I, I disagree with that. And the reason I say that is because in current warfare times, um, there is a mixed bag in terms of training. And the person that the new member or the, the role that the new member played would, be, would have been that of a person that was well versed in that. Her weapons training, her hand-to-hand -hand combat training did not seem realistic. Mm. It, it, it did not seem like it was something that I've seen my uncle do a million times every year to my auntie when they argue and she's Air Force and he's Army and they fight like real assassins right there on the back in the backyard. And this that did not look like this. Okay. Does that make that's sense? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And, and I think if Somebody has not had like a family member who's in the military. You may not, in a sense, pick up on that. Mm -hmm. it's, or yeah. it's, it's, it's not it's not as important as all the other uh, criteria that we have listed, because overall, it was a great movie. It kept yeah. my attention. I really enjoyed it. Uh, my daughter and I watched it. Now she wants to be an old guard. I'm trying to explain <laughs> her. <laughs> I'm trying to explain her that she, she may not. Until she has that dream, she's not ready. At which point she told me she did have that dream. And I'm like, stop kidding. You didn't have that dream. Um, but, uh, and I guess so, now you have to be on the tour. Right. If you can't watch dishes, you can't be an old guard. But, uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, in all honesty, I think it was a great movie. I think it was an awesome movie. I just think for those people that uh, have served time in the military, it would seem like an unrealistic movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then and it could be like that one thing that maybe pulls them out of it. Mm-hmm. I guess it yeah. depends on like how deep you really want to fully like, read into that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But I can kind of sort of understand that that may be like in a sense something that kind of sort of pulls you out of the reality of the movie aspect of it. Or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Or it's not like, okay, in a sense, realistic, like, all right, now I realize I'm watching a movie compared right. Right. Like everybody else who's just in it, and you're just like, oh man, this is like an actual possibility. This could Correct. be or whatever. Right. You're like if you know that subtle little nuance, you know, they'll be like, oh well, now I know I'm watching a movie. Right. 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 So yeah. So they're um. So I was wrong. Well, I was right, and I was wrong. So the the movie is made up of both of the series. So not only is it made up of the the old guard, like the standard one, but it's also made up of the old guard force multiplied. So Mm. even though Kiki Lane's character, Niall, is introduced in the very first old guard, I think she still plays a role in force multiplied, Mm. um, which kind of leads me to believe if they wanted to make it a real franchise anyway for Netflix and have it be like one of their true first original like franchises or whatever. Mm-hmm. I imagine at some point in the in the series that Charlize Theron's character dies. Ooh. I imagine she does, which kind of Yeah, which sets up Force Multiply and puts Kiki Lane as now their leader or something to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. We very rarely get that in a comic book where you know the the main protagonist um, dies and then her successor is a black woman. Hmm. Yeah. So we would have to. I would have to. You know, dive deep into Force Multiplied and see what happens with that. But you can't find them anywhere because they're all sold out. Yeah, of course. In, right in print <laughs> form. Anyway, you can always get like a Kindle, but. Mm-hmm. Holding the book in your hand. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the major differences. So in the in the movie, um, what is Charlize Theron's character's name? Andy. Andy. Yeah. Or Andromache or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in the in the movie, she like is losing her immortality or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the comics, she's still immortal. Right, which completely debunks the thing. But I think she, I mean, she either dies or she just like retires or something like that. So as they carry through, I don't know, because why introduce this Nile character as like a young immortal now or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if she doesn't at some point take over for Andy? Right. Yeah, that, that's the implication because uh, to even introduce her in that way, it, it, especially when you can t- consider the contentious attitude or behavior they have between each other, right? It, it, it was it was not initially that of a mentor or mentee, but more so my competition. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Andy didn't even want to go address her initially. It no. was the, the team that, that actually talked her into meeting with her and helping her. And now, the more you think about it. They never really said, I mean, they said that she was dying, but they never said that she wasn't, well, I know if you're dying, that means you're not immortal or whatever, or she was just healing slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were like, that's how you know it's the beginning of the end of your immortality. But mm-hmm. if Andromache is supposedly the first 
that we know of, but how do we know she was right? Right, right, right. Yeah, they implied it. They did imply it. They did imply it. They, they implied would, that she was the first. So, so I have a question. Did, did, do any of you guys think that at some point in her history, she could have possibly been Joan of Arc? That's implied in the, yeah. in the, in the flashbacks. That, that that's implied. My daughter actually thought that uh, her, uh, I forget the woman's name that was buried under the sea. Well, her name was, uh, what was oh, her we name? just talk about her. <clears throat> well, Quinn, my, is it Quinn or something like that? Quinn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my daughter actually, uh, when she saw Quinn fight in battle uh, next to Andy, she thought that she was Mulan. And and the interesting thing is that it actually made a lot of sense. Huh. Now, granted, now granted, my daughter is six, but but the 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 idea made a lot of sense. If if Andy's been alive as long as Andy's been alive, uh -huh. and, and Quinn has been alive as long as Quinn has been alive, and they actually survived medieval times, then it, it it would be fair to assume that that could be Mulan, the girl that looked like a boy that fought in a war that she wasn't supposed to fight in. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. well, Mulan is Japanese, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. In the comic, <clears throat> uh, Quinn's character's name is Noriko, and her uh -huh. character is Japanese. Uh -huh. yeah. Your daughter uh -huh. might be on to something about this Mulan. She thing. Might be, she she might be. Be. But I mean, it makes sense. That's funny. But yeah, they changed it because. Yeah. yeah the thing about how long they've been alive. Right. 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 Yeah. And they were in a sense like the first two. So yeah, that makes that makes, that makes a lot of sense. But they switched her name because the character that plays Quinn is Vietnamese and not Japanese. Mm. I see. Okay. So they switch it to adapt it from from that. But she still does drown repeatedly in the comics. They just did the name change and stuff. Which I think is insane to drown repeatedly. I I we were just talking about that. Yeah, like the fact I'm excited for the sequel. I'm praying they do a sequel. So much. Like, my whole thing about it is just like, how crazy is she? Or how or how stable is she? Yes. Think, yeah. about, now, think about that now. You've, if you've experienced too much drama or trauma um, repeatedly for as long as she may have, she right. could she could be her higher self. <laughs> she, she may not be insane. She may be completely sane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On top of that, like, does she want like number one, who found her and got her out? Mm. Yeah. Whatever. Does she want revenge? Like, is she super pissed? Like, y'all let me sit down there. Yeah. Long or whatever. Then, not to mention adapting, because that was during the Salem witch trials. You're mm. now in like the 2000s, where you got cell phones and. <laughs> computers and all this other kind of stuff so adapting to like the new age right say yeah so yeah so Quinn does come back um and I'm pretty sure like they they ended it the same way the first book ends or whatever so in the comics she does come back as a villain I don't know if it's at the end of book one or if it's further in the series that she comes back mm -hmm. um but they people are speculating that's likely what they will pursue in the sequel. It makes sense. Um and the guy they kicked out, um Booker. Yes, Booker. Yes. Booker. Yeah. So more than likely the two of them will kind of pair up, even though at the end of it, 
him and Andy kind of like made their peace or whatever, but the group was like, no, go away. For how many years did they banish him? Like a thousand or something? A thousand years. He had to be alone for a thousand years. Yeah. 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 But he's not going to be alone. He's going to have Quinn. So he's going to be with Quinn. Yeah. Which is interesting because I I really, it it opens the door for new characters on a different, in a different way. Because Mm -hmm. if Andy is, is supposed to represent all that is good, even if it is haphazard, what does Quinn represent? You know, mm-hmm. and, and and I know that the, 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 uh, uh, it's going to be alluding towards the evil or, or villainous character, yeah. but yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what other villainous characters exist that um, could could rival Andy and the rest of her team. Uh-huh. Don't, well, then you have like the um, the Merrick Corporation, right? Like mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, at when you're in most movies like that, when it's like a big pharma kind of a thing, the end goal is to like blow up the whole like operation or whatever. And then it's revealed that, oh no, this is just like one of many mm-hmm. like pop-ups or whatever, but they didn't even destroy the building at all. Mm-mm. No, they didn't. No. So, they didn't like, yeah. Somebody stab that scientist. She need to go first. Right. She, like, right. right. Yeah. Everybody else, but I'm like, she been the main one. Like, <laughs> like with right. her, she's still out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it really implies that the research will, in fact, continue and that they will be having problems from Merrick as they go along. Uh Yeah. Uh So, yeah, I think the difference um, with the guy that played Merrick or whatever in the movie, you know, he was kind of nerdy and geeky and, you know, weak and all that kind of stuff. But in the comic. Dudley on a diet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, in the comics, he's like, you know, big swole tattoos and all that kind of stuff. And when he meets the two guys that got captured, um, instead of like talking to them and like, you figure it out, like pushing them off to like his crew or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the comic, he actually stabs them both, like just out of the blue. It's like, ha ha, stab. And <laughs> knowing full well that they're not going to die, like, right. why they made them why they changed him from like this big tough guy in the comics to something more, you know, nerdy and, you know, uses all these other probably convicted felons to do <laughs> his yeah. dirty work. And stuff. You know but, what I mean? I, but I think that fits the image in a sense of what people think of your techie kind of people. Right. Like yes. the people who are, especially for him to be like, I'm the youngest CEO or whatever, it's yeah. kind of that nerdy stereotype. And mm-hmm. then also, because it kind of sort of fits into, hey, we need all these stunt doubles. He's right. like, you know, for the, right. for the big fight scenes, right. we're going to need to give him, like, some security or right. whatever, to make it, in a sense, realistic. Because yeah. if he looks like he can take care of himself, why would he have, like, a full-on blown army compared mm-hmm. to a security guy yeah. or whatever? Right. He right. don't need all the protection. Right. So yeah, they broke out of jail. Right, yeah. right. His strength is his his brain, not his brain power. Yeah. yeah, I know one of the things I, I also particularly appreciate was the relationship between the two immortals that were captured. I think that the highlight of the the their level of commitment to each other and love and affection was very well played. Yeah. I do not see that enough in movies that portray metrosexual homosexual, LGBT relationships. They t- it's typically very hardcore. It's typically very abrasive. It's typically very loud and, and, and what have you. This was more, in my opinion, realistic of two people to, to have been together so long. They openly admitted, I have killed, we have killed each other so many times. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we, right. we laid each other to rest on more times than we would like to admit. However, um, they feel that way about each other. The speech that one of the guys had when they were capturing the van about him not being his boyfriend, but instead uh, his everything, his his friend, his his lover, his light, his 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 foundation. I thought it was amazing. My own mm. daughter was like, you don't talk to mommy like that. I'm like, you know what? How many wives or girlfriends or fiancés are sitting next to their significant others like, don't say that joke about me. Right. <laughs> and I was like, still on top of that. Right. All the soldiers in there are going to go home and be like, my wife ain't going to say that about me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Be like, am I am I like the moon or whatever in your night sky? Be like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> Boy, you better shut up and eat them wings. Like, you know what I'm Totally, totally. It was it was I thought that that in particular was was very, very well played and well acted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see more of that. Yes. Yeah, I would like to see their because a lot of people didn't really get like origin stories in which you only have so much time in the first one mm-hmm. in like the first movie or whatever. So there's definitely going to be a sequel. Like they set it up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't do a sequel, then Netflix, like, what are you even doing? Like, yeah. get on it. Um, yeah. That being said, bravo to Netflix. Because who, who would have thought that like when it first came out and it was like, hey, you could stream these stuff. You can get DVDs that it would right. turn into like where you get like blockbuster type movies with like A-list stars. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And, and it's being highly recognized today in different um, award, uh, award settings like the Grammys, Emmys. Yep. As, if I'm not mistaken, Netflix has surpassed HBO in terms of awards that it's received recently. Yes. So Netflix as an institution is doing, you know, the darn thing. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're making it happen. So kudos to them. Yep. Um, have we talked about Co- uh, Copley? Copley? Is it Copley or Copley? Copley? I thought it was Copley. It's Copley. All right. Anyway, she would tell EGO4. In the comics, his character is a Caucasian gentleman. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, obviously, not Caucasian. Right. I, th- I mean, I, honestly, I think between, I mean, you needed, you needed a character that balanced out Charlize Theron star power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's another name that frequently comes up in these kinds of movies and stuff. Um, and he does these kinds of roles like effortlessly, like you could, he, any kind of CIA, FBI mm-hmm. sort of copy character, but not really. Um, like a beat cop, I don't think I would believe, but like a you know, paper pusher kind of a thing who from time to time has got his hands dirty. Yeah, yeah. I think you know they casted him perfectly for for that. That means that the funniest thing was like him be like, "All right, I'm going in as backup." She's like, "What are you doing?" Right. Like, um, which one of us can survive a thousand bullets, and which one of us will die? From an infection from a a a, a paper cut. Sir, what you're gonna do is stand out here. Okay, that's cute. Give right. me the gun. Right. <laughs> Block the elevator. Okay. Right. And 
you know, wait for my signal. Go, go, go across the street and get a cup of coffee. Pretend you don't know. <laughs> oh, no, not a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Then I'll Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Because while he may have gotten his hands dirty in the past, he was not prepared for what lay before him outside yeah. of the doors. Yeah. Right. She, um, so I read somewhere that they were talking about like what would happen in the sequel and how they would fill in like most of the time or whatever, which obviously means like flashbacks and more origin stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like an insider article or something that they mentioned that Andy in one of her past lives uh, had an affair with a slave. Ooh. Oh, I read that. yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you hear about it, Dana? I don't remember all the details. But I do remember that she was in a relationship with a slave. I don't remember what happened after that, but I found that to be very interesting. Right. So, so right. Like, not only is Andy Joan of Arc, but now you're an abolitionist too. Like, what are you doing, girl? Right. Or was she an abolitionist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, let's be honest here now. You know, mm-hmm. to, to survive that long, there's a way to do that, and there's a way to not do that. Because so, they did say you do what you need to do to survive. Right. So, so, so I would argue that. But I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I would argue that she played a role, something sort of like Brad Pitt did in um, Twelve Years a Slave, where he yes. was. You know, he understood how mm-hmm. the South worked in that time, but he also worked against it. Mm-hmm. But didn't see waves or troubles. Because remember, in Copley's office, he traced her history and found her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the end, like there was a picture of her. Was it the Civil War? It was somebody's war. I don't know it if it was. Yeah. It, it was either it was civil or maybe one of them wars or like multiple where they where he like did facial recognition and it was like oh that's Andy this is um Booker and all that kind of stuff so he's been tracking that, it like, like <laughs> yeah it was like with other soldiers yeah I remember that yeah yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I you know was she playing a role like mm-hmm. that that's all stuff that's left up in the air well that makes sense when you consider what their whole premise was. You know exactly. I mean? If their whole premise is to safeguard the good of the world, then yes, right. that makes sense. But I, but I, but when I think about slavery and I think about uh, white women in particular and their role in slavery, um, you would have to play a certain way. You you couldn't be overly um, zealous with mm-hmm. your ideas and your stance politically on what you believe is right and wrong. Right. Um. So she could have easily like got him to freedom, but didn't necessarily. Rescue. Oh, right. Exactly. 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 Kind of like a Star Wars thing, kind of like an Anakin thing. You know, we we, we, we took Anakin, but we wouldn't take his mom. You mm-hmm. know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Apparently they did most of their own stunts on the actual set. That's awesome. Which is very un is rarely heard of because you know right. casting agency is just like no 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 no. This is why we're <laughs> like, right. But then it lends an air of like realism to it. Yes, it does. Whatever. Very much so. While the stunts were like amazing they or were. whatever, it mm-hmm. was also like it wasn't something super super elaborate. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Like for it, the fact 
up. We can do like the full on, she knows how to do the axe or whatever, but a gun is easier. So it was kind of like more realistic, like, oh God, like if I'm out of bullets, all right, Mm -hmm. fine. I'll switch to like my normal weapon or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, other than the guy getting freaking dropped on his head at the end, which I was And you know what? The, the, the fact that they perform their own stunts may play into uh, why uh, the the fight scenes between Andy and the new immortal look the way they look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that that may have a lot to do with that. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Good job. Just, just kind of Charlie Theron is she likes to do her own stunts. Yeah, she does. Hmm. Just like Tom Cruise does, like in that last Mission Impossible where he like fractured his ankle. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And if you if you if you weren't paying it, like if they didn't, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't have known that he was like really, really hurt. But that was him when he jumped like from the thing and like hit the side of the building or whatever, and that leg went like <laughs> that, like a little thing. And then he pulled himself up and kept running um and stuff. So that's why when the shot fades away, I don't know if y'all seen like that last Mission Impossible or whatever, but <laughs> when he runs like out of frame, they cut. Mm-hmm. Because he couldn't go any further because his freaking leg was in a million pieces. <laughs> yeah. They were like, they were like, Tom Cruise, we're gonna we need to develop like a new insurance policy for people like you, cause <laughs> you're gonna bankrupt us for the rest then of our then I also like the fact like the stunts kind of fit into the fact like Charlize Theron is not like a twenty five year old or whatever, yeah. even though she was so it's not like yep. going back and watching Arnold Schwarzenegger beat up like a 25-year-old and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. like, let's be realistic or whatever. Like, she still got hit or whatever. She still got bruised. Like, she's mm-hmm. all blood in her mouth. She's like, all right. Yep. <laughs> like, it's realistic. Like, yes, a younger person is going to get hit in or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, she's yeah. going to get damaged. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah, I appreciate that as well because I've seen many Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone, uh, you know, many action movies where like the older gentleman is typically undefeated and unbeatable, where to the point where they they don't even scar or sweat, and yeah. and and that's completely unrealistic, you know, just coming from on uh, real life experiences of my own, even that's that's completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And and again, that takes you out of the movie because you're just like, come on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come, on. he's like. Uh- Eighty something beating a twenty five year old. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Which I kind of think speaks to who they chose as the director for the old guard. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Gina Prince Bothwood. So, like, tell me more about the director. Like, what? 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 Um, mo- she's mostly known for Love and Basketball. Like that. Oh. Was her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> directed love and basketball Girl. i did not know that i did yes. okay love it directed love and basketball mm-hmm. biker boys okay and the secret life of bees among no other way. wait 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 the secret life of bees too really the secret life of bees. no that, 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 that is a long range oh, yeah no when they like when they announced um, who was going to be the director for on? I think it was like Deadline or something like. No, it might have been Shadow and Act because I very mm-hmm. I follow both, but I listen to I, I watch Shadow and Act more because they do like all the 
minority roles and stuff like that. So I think it might have been Shadow and that when they announced that it was going to be her and stuff. And I was like, yo, going to be great. Didn't even care. Wasn't going to watch it regardless um, because as... Um, like, she was only a producer on Biker Boys. She didn't direct or write it. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, she was, yeah, but involved. Yeah. Wait, she, but she direct. What is that movie with? They were on the. What's his name? Nate something. Beyond the lights. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Google, the yeah. Google. Google. Embethara. Yeah. God, that's the name. That Love it. <laughs> She's fantastic. Though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, yeah, no, yeah. Didn't direct Biker Boys. What was involved? Didn't she direct that one movie with um Lance Gross and uh. America forever. Uh, yes, Amer- uh, I know what you're talking about. Cause they don't. It was like a Romeo and Juliet kind of a thing. They didn't want them to get married or something like that. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. All right. Well, whatever. Secret Life of Bees. Dope. Really cool. I had no idea that that's who. Uh, love and basketball. Dope. She has me for love and basketball. That is my movie, man. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. wife. Did, my wife didn't beat me in basketball. I'm not sure what happened. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot. I still love it, even when I go back and she and she's just like, you know, I had curfew that night. What was I supposed to do? You go exactly. back to the room, you pick up the phone when it rings. Yeah, I'm in bed. Yeah. You stay up, you go back out. Right. <laughs> people who do sports in college do. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. No, we don't want to do that. What's wrong with You'll you? You'll be like, all right, hang on a second. Let me go answer this phone call and I'll be right back. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but yeah, they're like heralding her and all these like things or whatever because they were just like, you know, summer is like blockbuster movie kind of yeah. always action or like some sort of like horror or anything like that, or they remake Jason for the thousandth time. Right. And then, you know, they, so it's just like, yeah, where's the summer blockbuster? And then the old guard comes out and they're like, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is it. Look at Netflix saving us during like the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> the Tiger King when we were yes. all yes. Yes, yes, Whatever. Yes. Don't get me started on that. Everybody's blaming Carol Baskin for 2020 uh for 2020 anyway, so well she deserves blame, but we're not gonna go there. <laughs> that, that's a whole conundrum. That's a whole right. right, that's a whole conundrum. Oh my god, you don't want to do that. No, no. No, we do not. No, we do not. <laughs> um yeah. So in terms of supporting uh, um, actors and um, actresses, do you guys feel like there could have been any improvement or do you think it was spot on in relation to how it conveyed the message from the graphic novel? Um, I like the casting. I think everyone played their role the way that they were intended. Yeah. Um when you think about like main characters that were, or the characters that were featured and got like um, before credit listings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, a given, you know, Charlize Theron has proven that she can carry a movie by herself. Yes. Your four, you know, can carry a movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think Kiki Lane is one of those names that people keep 
we'll, we'll keep tossing out because she is new. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, well, I, mean, I don't want to say new, but I think what made her stand out was her role in um, If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was also in Native Son. I don't know if y'all watched that, but they adapted um, Native Son. I think HBO adapted it mm-hmm. um, with, um, ah, what is his name? What is his name? He was in Moonlight. The young, the young one in Moonlight. Um, Very popular. Ashton. There we go. Sanders. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. That's Sanders. Yeah. So, which who is another person to look out for? We got to talk about him at some point too. Yeah, I think Kiki Lane stood out in in um in Beale Street could talk for sure. And you know, is is ready a household a household name and stuff. Yeah, like she started to get notoriety or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Good yeah. like, what I do want to happen though is that, which seems like there may be a slight shift considering the current climate. Um, and the uh Emmy nominees, like, there were a lot of black people that were nominated this year for Emmys and stuff. Yes, there were. Yes, um, and a lot of shows that either were produced or created or written um, on by black or written by black people and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but still very little from the or representation from Latinx community. But that's a different conversation. Yes, it um, is. Yes, it is. But yeah, I, th- I think I don't want it to become that thing that happens where you exalt only one sort of black actress, right. and then she becomes, you know, it can that there can only be one kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm not mad at her for booking roles like. Get mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. Don't get your character. I think I, I think that the, the 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 actors and actresses that participated in this uh, cinematic uh, uh, film, which was very good and it, did, it had a really good presence, in my opinion, cinematically. I think I think one of the best things they really did was the sound side, the yeah. music that was used, and not just the music, but but the ways in which the music was used, um, really spoke to me. I am an audiovisual person naturally. Like uh-huh. I, I, I like how sound and action are paired and I pick up really quickly when something sounds off or doesn't sound like it's in the right place. Yeah. And so, and so I, what I didn't pick up on was that the entire movie, I did not pick up on that. Like I've seen many movies, horror, science fiction, drama, rom-com where the sound does not match <laughs> the, the, the yeah. thing that is actually happening. And in this movie, I did not catch up. I did not catch that. I did not pick up on it. Everything seemed um, 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 positioned correctly, very pointed. It was on purpose. It was intentional. And I appreciate that because uh, if I hear Drake, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but somebody's having their throat slit, I'm confused. Right. You know, so I didn't have that feeling in the movie. I, I just didn't. And of course, it yeah. depends on Drake's song. But, you know, I, right. I just I, I, I didn't have that feeling. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, soundtrack was cool and everything. The sound effects or whatever. So shout out to whoever their Foley artist was and like post-production and stuff. Uh-huh. Them punches sounded like they were real. Them gunshots sounded like they were real. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I watched a, um, like a mini doc on like Foley artists and stuff and like what they do 
to make something as simple as like opening a door and walking in sound real more realistic because you don't really pick that up like when you're shooting oh, on yeah. the sound stage or whatever. So then they have to go back and recreate the sound and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to to watch it or whatever because I want to say like. Um, I think they did something like a 70s movie or something like that, one of Hitchcock things, and it was like Thunder, but they took um, like an old roofing panel or something and mm-hmm. shook it. And when they shook it back and forth, it sounded like Thunder. And that's how they got the sound to mimic the sound of Thunder in a movie oh. studio after the fact. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. Always, always little things. Always little yeah, things. always the details. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think... In this case, since we're talking about both a comic book or a graphic novel and a film, what do we recommend? Is The Old Guard, for anyone who has not seen it, uh, worth both the read and the watch? I say yes on both ends. Yeah, I say yes. Because, I mean, there was subtle differences between the comic book and the movie or whatever. That's like enough that you can watch the movie and not read the comic and still, in a sense, know what's going on, as well as read the comic, not watch the movie and still know what's going on, as well as do both and still enjoy both or whatever. I like the fact that they have her, in a sense, in the comics, her guilty pleasure is her liaisons with different people or whatever. Mm -hmm. In the movie, her guilty pleasure is the baklava or whatever. She has a sweet tooth or whatever. And so that's like just the subtle little differences or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because of course, that may have been, oh, if she's hopping from bed to bed to bed. That may mm-hmm. be a turn off to people compared to anybody can understand like a good piece of chocolate, man. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever like your little guilty pleasure that you have that carries you through in a sense <laughs> every century or whatever is like amazing or whatever. Yeah. So somebody can relate to that in a sense. Maybe more than, you know, hey, I'm about to go find me another, you know, boy toy right. tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So like the just the subtle differences or whatever is enough to still keep you, I think, engaged in both the movie and the comic book. Mm. Agree. Yeah. No complaints. Um looking forward to the sequel. I hope there is a sequel. So so what would you guys recommend to eat while watching this movie? Mm. I, I have five guys. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not five, not a bag of fries. Yes. Like you get the burger, you get the fries, uh-huh. or whatever. Again, I, you just do your guilty pleasure. Okay. Right, it's Netflix. You're in your house, so do whatever. Uh, eat whatever you want. It's fine. I mean, we did. We we had popcorn. Um, yeah, yeah popcorn because I'm I mix my. Well, I mean, this was cheddar popcorn, but normally I mix it when we're in the movies. Like, I'll get the butter popcorn, mm-hmm. extra butter, and then like dump the M and M's in it while it's still hot. Oh my god, that sounds amazing! It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, you dump the M and wait, wait, stop! You dump the M and M's in hot rain. So, like, what we what we do most of the time, we used to pre-order the snacks from like AMC, and then like okay. the bag was waiting. So I would just ask for like an extra container or whatever, mm-hmm. 
and then scoop half the popcorn out while it's still warm. Butter, M&M's. Put the other popcorn on top of that. Butter, M&M. So it's still warm. And then like as you're digging through, it's just like, oh, it's just popcorn. And there's an M&M. Yum. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Okay, I will be trying that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. When, when the movies reopen. Right, right, right. Whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if they're doing social distancing for that, they might as well all be forking screens or something. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Like, because you know, if you've ever been to like one of those like dining things, they have the cushy seats and everything, and you're far enough apart from the other set that you know. So yeah, just turn them into forking screens because there is one that's like I want to say like North Georgia. It's somewhere going up. That like mm-hmm. after a certain time period, no kids are allowed, even mm-hmm. if they're showing kid movies. Mm-hmm. Is it Studio Movie Grill? No, it's something else. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have to relook mm-hmm. um, what the name of it was, but Tyrone took me or whatever because we went to go see um, Star Wars, the last Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And so they actually have a bar, and then like whatever is like the popular. We went to go see Joker there, and then we went to go see Star Wars, and they have like specific cocktails. Is it in Marietta? Maybe in Marietta. I can't remember. I know. If it's in Marietta, I know what you're talking about. Don't get on my nerves um, until I figure it out. Um, (laughs) But it's like after a certain time period because you have to show your driver's license or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, there's like no kids allowed in, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. like fully worry about children or people bringing their babies because they're just like oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I have raised many a baby in movie theaters. Yeah, I've raised everybody's babies in movie theaters. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my, what's that? You don't know how to put them to sleep? Hand them here. I'll I'll do that for you. Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Good times. Good times. But yeah, just go, just go on and like turn them into those because those are always nice. Give me like good food. Or whatever, and like a hardcore movie, and I'll be straight. Yeah, not, yeah. 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 That's kind of, I don't know. Cool beans. Um, I think that's our episode. <laughs> Final thoughts, comments, concerns? No anything? concerns. No, I just, I would like to add that overall, I think it was a great movie, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. 